Hello, lovely podcast people, listeners. You're listening to the Animation Industry Podcast, and my name is Terry, and I'm the one you're listening to if you're listening to this. Today I'm chatting with a dynamic duo of editors that worked on the incredible new series that just came out on Netflix, Arcane, which is League of Legends' answer to television streaming services. The dynamic duo I'm talking about includes Lawrence Gann, who previously edited on Space Jam 2 and has worked on numerous projects for Warner Brothers, Paramount, and Disney, and Ernesto Metamoros-Cox, who also worked on DreamWorks TV series Dragons, Defenders of Burke, the Netflix special Alien Xmas, and who has been Annie-nominated twice before. Now in our chat, they're going to share how to break into the editing world and animation, what skills to focus on to become successful, and how to make sure you have a steady stream of projects coming in. So with Without further ado, let's jump in. Hey, Lawrence and uh, Ernesto, how's it going over there? It's good. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> good. I'm excited to chat about editing because uh, it's like this skill that I wish I had, but I don't know how to pick it up. And like, I don't know how to hone my timing skills. And like, you know, nobody really teaches you editing, even like animation school, you learn like life drawing, etc. But like, you guys are amazing professional editors working on some really cool stuff. So maybe maybe just take a moment to like, you know, how did how did uh, you get into this professionally? Ernesto, did you want to start? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so I have a, a really extensive martial arts background and um, I started doing martial arts when I was uh, four years old. Uh, I've been on the U.S. team and, and all the stuff. I, I went to Beijing in 2008. I World Games, I like all this, all this like really fun stuff. But when I was in high school, um, I, I had a buddy who was filming his like little project for class, for his film class, and he asked me to be the villain. And so I, I jumped in and um, I, I was really intrigued by the, the, the camera, uh, but I, I used to be very small when I was in high school. I didn't have like a growth spurt till later. And so when I, when I tried to carry it, it was, it was one of those big like, bit, like news beta cams and it was too heavy. Uh, and he goes, well, why don't you come up to the edit room while we edit the movie and uh, uh, you check it out. So I, I did. And I walked in and it just so happened that a buddy of mine uh, was editing uh, on Final Cut, like 1.1 1. 1 or something. <laughs> original. Like yeah. I mean, even behind him, we had like a moviola, you know, and, it, and uh, which was like, I don't know if you guys know the moviola is like what they used to cut a leader with and film with back in the day. Crank it by hand. <laughs> yeah. You have, to, you, have to, you have to crank it by hand and sync audio. You know, you have to find that, that audio sync. Right. Um, and so I walk in and I'm like, Hey man, what are you, what are you doing? He goes, I'm, I'm editing. I'm like, what, what is that? He goes, well, why don't you sit down? And he sat me down uh, on this computer. And this is before, this is before, you know, the age of like cell phones and like crazy technology. And he, he sits me down next to his computer. He teaches me the basics. He gives me a bunch of footage. And I, I kid you not, I, I was a really hyper kid and I sat down and all I know is I looked up and I turned and he's not there. And he bursts through the door on the right side. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he goes, have you been here the whole time? Your mom is going crazy. And I'm like, what, what time is it? He goes, it's six o'clock at night, dude. That it was, you know, it was school. And like back in the day, like, I guess, you know, if you're friends with teacher, they really care. Like you just kind of stay there. And um, it just really captured my attention and uh, focused me in a, in a way that allowed me to uh, express myself creatively. Uh, it, in a different way than martial arts had in the past. And while I was really into film and stuff like that, I never really thought 
at the time of editing as the thing. And then it just kind of, it kind of spiraled from there. I, um, uh, I ended up through again, martial arts. And I, when I used to teach martial arts, uh, this lady asked me one day, uh, one of the kids' parents, she goes, what do you want to do when you get out of high school? I was like, honestly, you know, I think I want to be an editor. And uh, uh, she goes, well, you know, my, my husband is a director. And right now he's, uh, he's directing on Smallville and he directs on NYPD Blue. Uh, when he comes back from Canada, maybe I can introduce you guys and, and, and you can go and visit him on set at Fox. I was like, wow, my God, that'd be really great. And um, we ended up uh, linking up and I went to Fox after school. I would go from school, you know, whatever, two thirty, three o'clock, and I would take the bus to the Fox lot. It was relatively close. And I would uh, sit there and I, I ended up meeting the, the edit team, one of the edit teams for uh, NYPD Blue, and we really hit it off. And they asked me to come back if I wanted to every day as kind of like a unofficial apprentice editor. And uh, it was uh, uh, the, the, the first assistant, this guy named Travis Sitar, who is now this like prolific editor tv editor and you know he's he's all over the place he's really great and he taught me avid originally and i would sit there and he would give me cuts of uh, of another editor and and then footage and he'd go okay cut this scene and then i would sit there and i would cut it and then he would come in and he would compare them he would gang the two sequences uh you know i don't know if uh, anybody knows what ganging is but ganging is when you uh 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 attach two sequences, one in the viewer, one in the canvas, and you kind of sync them up together and play them and they kind of move at the same time. Uh, they play together so you can kind of see where, you know, edits are and things like that. And uh, he would go, okay, well, this is what she did and this is what you did. And, you know, she, she you're all in the close-up a lot and she's in the wides um, and amateur lives in the close-up, you know? So make sure that you punch out sometimes and you reestablish uh, so he gave me uh, reestablished geography. So he gave me like really great editing advice and he taught me a lot. And then it just kind of spiraled from there, you know, it was, yeah, oh, it, was, that's it, was, incredible. it was really great. That's so what you're telling me is you just woke up and now you're on a podcast, basically. basically all these well, I, I wish, honestly, I wish it was that simple. That That is the abridged version <laughs> of uh, of the beginning of the journey for sure, because you know, while it does seem like, oh, wow, you know, you were just kind of handed this thing, you know, um, uh, one of our, one of our buddies, Lawrence and I um, have a friend who, again, is this prolific animation editor, uh, uh, Ivan Blanco, and he says, uh, he's got the saying that I have kind of just taken with me for the rest of my career. He says, the work is the tonic, right? And uh, that's really what it is. It's, I would go from from, from school to Fox, from Fox, I would take the bus uh, at about five o'clock and I would go to my martial arts, uh, martial arts class where I would train from 6.30 to 11 every day. And then I would, I'd be doing my homework on the bus and then I would take the bus home and then rinse and repeat the next day. So it was, it was literally this grind and it's, it's, been, a, it's been a series of uh, grinds you know, but really honing in and just doing the work. And that's really what it is. It's putting in the hours, doing the work and uh, being true to what your, you know, your goal, your goal is.
That's incredible. Um, I want to hear about your story too, Lawrence, but just, I guess, a quick follow-up question. You didn't, you didn't take any like formal training or schooling to, to get into this? Um, so after that event uh, happened in, 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 my, in high school where I first learned to edit, I actually, uh, I was in the music program at Alexander Hamilton High School originally. Um, I went there to play trumpet. And, uh, but I, I kind of registered too late for the music school, but I was still in the music program. Um, I was part of the Communication Arts Academy, which is like all of the, you know, different mediums of art that really hone artists in. And so I was able to uh, kind of move away from trumpet uh, and uh, uh, register for all film classes. So after my ninth grade, after I figured all that out, I decided that I was going to do film and I, would, I took the film and animation courses at my high school. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Lawrence, uh, let's get caught up on uh, how, how you got into this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, no, no formal training either. So, I mean, I grew up on the, on the East Coast um, in, a, in a relatively traditional, like, Asian-American family. And most of my, my formal training centered around, like, math and sciences and, and things of that nature. Um, but, uh, you know, my, my family would, like, you know, watch movies uh, every Sunday night kind of as, like, a way to kind of get together and see how everybody's week went. Um, and I remember it was in middle school uh, that I had a book report to do on Michael Crichton's Congo. And uh, instead of writing a book report, I actually ended up grabbing my dad's uh, eight millimeter camera and then sort of ghetto rigging uh, two VCRs together and shooting a report on, on eight millimeter uh, and editing it together with the VCRs instead of writing book report. Um, and it went over extremely well. My teacher gave me an A, my classmates all thought I was a god because they'd never yeah. seen a, a, a video done as a, as a written report, essentially. Uh, and so like, I kind of got hooked on, on that feeling of like being able to affect an audience, um, you know, just by essentially cutting clips together. Like I took clips from like Donkey Kong and King Kong and stuff like that. And it was, uh, it was really cool in that way. So um, shortly thereafter, uh, I mean, I still did my obligatory sort of, uh, you know, studies and whatnot. But shortly after graduating from high school uh, and going to college, rather, sorry, graduating from college, I uh, drove out to LA and proceeded to essentially work my way up, uh, you know, doing coffee lunch or coffee runs, grabbing lunches for people, uh, eventually uh, getting to edit my first animated feature at the age of 26. Wow. Wait, you went from running coffee to like, here's a feature. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's all, I mean, one of the things I think people often learn when they come out here is that, uh, there's really no like set path. Everyone kind of finds their own way as to how yeah. to do things. I mean, like some people do take the, the formal classes and there are a lot of great schools out here that will teach you a lot of like the, the film theory and stuff like that, that you would need to, to work in the, in the edit room. I think for Ernesto and I, uh, school was work essentially. Like we, we learned on the job as we were doing things. And so, I mean, I started off in, in live action television, right? Like as a PA, I, I was doing the runs, like, you know, trying to spend time on sets, assign, trying to spend time in cutting rooms, trying to understand what everybody's jobs were. Um, and Essentially, I mean, I, I don't want to get too much into the degree, but essentially what ended up happening was I made some connections uh, with, uh, you know, animation studios. And one of them was the VP of, of an animation studio of Imaji Studios. It's the one that made the, the TMNT uh, animated movie from a little while back. Um, and we, we 
you know, became fast friends, created great rapport. And so when he went off to produce and direct his own animated movie, he obviously, uh, you know, wanted to take me along and was very pleased to discover that I had this self-taught editing background. And so ended up being able to cut a movie for him. Yeah. So you, I love that. And it sounds like you both were very, you knew exactly what you wanted to do almost from a very young age. Like you both were driven to, you've discovered this thing that, you know, encompassed all of your interests. Uh, Ernesto, you're also playing the trumpet and, and doing martial arts. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because um, you go, I, I think you go in saying, you know, I want to do this thing. Right. And a lot of times, uh, you don't really know what needs to happen to do that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it, it's like Lawrence, you know, I think Lawrence really touched on it. A lot of it is, is connections and, and, and the relationships that you make and uh, people that have done it before, all right? And that's kind of one, one of the things that's like, you know, it's been done before, so it's not impossible. It's just making sure that you, you do the, you, 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 do the right things you meet the right people and you 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 do the work <laughs> totally yeah yeah i i'm yeah so i'm wondering you know if i'm listening right now and i know i want to get into editing but you know the situation in the world's a little bit weird uh maybe what are the two things i should focus on just from what you guys have seen how you entered the industry and how you've seen people enter the industry over the years and even just now like what are what are two like things that I do every day or should I focus on like literally after listening to this chat that will lead me on the right path to get into editing for animation? Well, I mean, I mean, like, I think this applies to editing as well as a lot of crafts, but like, I mean, definitely with something for, for both me and Ernesto is like, we, again, we learned on work, but we also like, you know, we learned by first emulating, like we, we find, you know, editors, but not just editors, but like, you know, film creators, like creatives, we find creatives that we, enjoy or that we find really inspiring and we find out why the things they're doing work for us mm -hmm. and then you want to find out how or, or find a way to incorporate that into your own work um i mean editing is one of those uh interesting uh, crafts where you need something to edit so it's it's not like necessarily as simple as you know writing or painting or something like that where you can go necessarily and just you know create something out of nothing but yeah. editing has that added uh, challenge of you need to be able to take something that's been created and find a way to mold it into the vision that people want. And so it may be as simple as, you know, like, like in our saying, like linking up with somebody who's a camera person and saying like, Hey, let me cut your, let me cut your footage for you and, and see if we can create something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's wild because, uh, Lawrence and I, besides like actually being in this, we're huge fans of, of, of great work, right? And it doesn't matter if it's like a uh, uh, multi-million dollar cinema or if it's somebody's like insane TikTok or 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 Instagram. I send Lawrence, I bombard Lawrence. I think he's tired of it. I, I bombard, it's like, please stop. <laughs> I, I bombard All Lawrence All with, 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 uh, with Instagram and TikTok stuff constantly. Because I see stuff that I'm like, holy crap, man, that was amazing. You know, uh, there uh people the the things that people do um with their own you know content and the the, the content that people are creating uh and some of these things that they're doing like sometimes i'm like oh my god that's amazing that's really really great and i think people underestimate uh uh the the importance of the creativity of editing 
and mm. even even in your own work, uh, you know, picking up a camera, shooting something for fun, editing, teaching yourself. My my fiance is a uh, she's a, a pro gamer, she's a streamer, and she I we she her office is right here. She taught herself to edit. I didn't teach her a damn thing. You know, like she she was like, I need to edit my own stuff, and she grabbed Premiere. She got a subscription for Adobe Premiere and taught herself how to edit. She was like going on YouTube, looking up stuff. There's so many resources now for people to learn how to do these things, which is different than when we were, we were coming up. You know, it's like when we were coming up, you needed to almost be able to sit, sit with someone to teach you things. Yeah. Now, now it's, now you want to learn. I taught myself, I taught myself Maya by going on YouTube, you know? I, Can I also add to that, um, or editing in particular, there are a lot of specializations in this craft as well, right? Like Ernesto and I focus a great deal on picture editing, but there are sound editors, there are VFX editors, there are, you know, animatic editors. Like, I mean, once you, if, if editing is something that you know you want to do, once you start looking into it, you'll find that there are actually tons of different uh, avenues for you to explore as far as a specific craft goes. So there's a lot of work out there uh, to kind of sink your teeth into. Right. Um, you know, I, I found, and I think Lawrence has too, that, um, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the proper, uh, the proper saying always uh, escapes me, but, you know, they say like a, uh, what is it? The a master of, of, of one or what is, what's the, uh, what's the exact saying? It's like Jack of all trades, master of oh, yeah, one, yeah, but yeah. better yeah. to be of Jack of something, like something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, the, in this particular case, I, when it comes to editing, I think that understanding and knowing all of the different facets of filmmaking and all of the different facets of editing is actually more beneficial than mm. just being a picture editor, a, uh, a sound editor, a sound effects you know, person, um, music editor. I have found that uh, a, lot of my, uh, a lot of my success, especially early on, was being able to say, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, no worries. You need you need After Effects. Yeah, I'm a I'm great at After Effects. You need you, need, you know for compositing is super. You want some CG stuff? Can do that too. I can sound edit. You want some sound effects? I can make my own. You need so it's you know Photoshop this that being able to understand and say yeah I got it is is a really really great uh, 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 thing to have in your in your in your arsenal. You know. Um, learning all of the different NLEs, you know, nonlinear editing softwares, knowing all of them, not just being an Avid editor or a Premiere editor or a Final Cut editor, uh, you know, knowing them all so at any moment they can switch on you and, and you're, you're good to go. And yeah. it's happened to Lawrence and I multiple times. Yeah. So I, uh, I have so many questions to follow up with this, um, but I'll try to be quick because I also want to talk about Arcane and your experience on that. So wait, are you telling me that, you know, when you're editing it, you're, you're so project to project that um, you're constantly switching in different, uh, you know, different movies or shows. And like, you just need to know everything to stay with like a stable career at the beginning, I guess. Do you want me to take it or do you want to take it? Yeah, please, please. Sounds uh, like it. Yes. <laughs> uh, there, I mean, so there are a couple of industry standards, right? Like, I mean, you're most, if you're, if you're coming out to, to Hollywood, for instance, um, and you're, and you're trying to look for work in, in film or TV, you're probably going to run into Avid Media Composer or Adobe Premiere Pro seems to be a, a pretty strong contender nowadays. There are definitely other ones out there, but nine times out of 10, I think Ernesto and my experience, those are the ones that, um, are the what the shows use. And so those are good starting points. I think what Ernesto is saying is 
you know, stay open to st just stay open, like never, never turn down an opportunity to learn. But if you had to focus on one or two programs to, to learn, those would be the two. Totally. Um, and next question is something you said a little bit earlier when you're talking about TikTok. So you're just watching like cool, cool stuff edited and showing it around. Um, so in like animation, like artists are hired from social media, you know, like, uh, I'm a character designer and I was hired not me specifically. I'm just saying like, uh, fictitiously, I'm a character designer and, uh, somebody picked me, somebody followed me on Instagram and then they hired me to character design for their biz dev for their show. Does that happen with editors? Do you hire editors? You're like, oh my gosh, this person is putting YouTube videos together so nicely or like editing TikToks. We need to hire them. Does that happen to editors as well? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, Hasn't I, happened to us. <laughs> yeah, my my gut my gut instinct is uh, no. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you know on a larger scale, right? But it doesn't mean that uh, somebody you know didn't see somebody's work somewhere else and then was like, hey, I have this little project that I'm doing, or I'm I'm going to be shooting this little thing like a short or something. Do you want to edit it? Again, it's those connections, right? Um, totally. I, it, it hasn't happened to me, but okay, yeah. it could. I mean, the but I, I guess something that Ernesto is sort of touching on as well is that um, like an old saying in, in the craft is that um, like editing is sort of the invisible craft. Like a lot of really good editors, like you don't you don't notice their cuts sometimes, and so because of that, it's a little less flashy and a little less, I guess you would say, TikToky in that sense. So. Um, it, it may happen. It just hasn't happened to people like us. <laughs> gotcha. So, so let's, let's talk about arcane. I mean, how did you, first of all, like, why are there multiple editors or just, is there, you know, I, I don't know too much about the editing thing. So I was just thought, you know, there's one main editor, et cetera. So like, why are there two editors? And also like my perception of animation editing is totally different than live action. Cause live action, you have so much footage to like look through and like cut versus animation. It's like, we're only producing as much as the storyboards dictate. So like, what do you, I mean, from my perception- You just <laughs> opened a can of worms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Um, so- I it, mean, oh uh, good. <laughs> uh, uh, shows usually have multiple editors uh, because we're uh, uh, doing multiple episodes at the same time. Okay, and uh, Lawrence and I weren't the only editors on Arcane. Uh, the, uh, our creative partners for Tige on, in France side actually had uh, editors as well. Uh, over there we just happened to be the first ones on uh we had some other uh editors uh at um at riot that were with us uh, early on in the process but lawrence and i uh stayed on for uh for a good amount of time after they had they had left as well gotcha. um, and it's, it's just Oh, it's also our experience too in like in features as well. Like uh, features, while sometimes we'll have like, or not sometimes, well, while features will have a lead editor, oftentimes you'll there'll be a, a multiple editor team working on stuff. Not because they're not like because like series where there are multiple episodes, but even on a feature, especially with like you know schedule demands and and movies wanting to stay more relevant and topical, um, you find yourself having to kind of throw more people at the even a single movie to get things made in a timely manner. Hmm. Yeah, okay. and to and to uh, kind of touch on the 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 editing uh, animation versus live action thing, I, I think that's a that's a huge misconception. Um, as some as people that come from live action, I can tell you without a doubt that at least in my experience, uh, editing animation is far far more difficult 
Mm. Uh, and, and more uh, labor intensive than editing live action. Um, in live action, you are provided, you know, tons of footage, uh, coverage for this and that. You have different takes. You have all this stuff, right? But you, to a certain degree, are pigeon-held to performance, right? Like timing, uh, timing of actors. You can't really ramp up timing of actors. You can't change their delivery. You can't... Uh, post, you know, uh, uh, while you're in the process, you can't just come in here and like create a new shot. Like, you know, I, I can draw uh, uh, to a certain degree. So, you know, we'll go in there and, and create shots. Animation, you are provided, uh, you know, depending on the length of the, of the movie, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of drawings. And you just get dumped JPEGs uh, and they're like, well, cool, have fun. And, and, and then now it's your responsibility to say, okay, well, Carl has to walk from that corner to that corner. How long is that going to take Carl? And is he delivering lines? When does he deliver this? Is it going to, if you only have three panels, is it a two second walk? Is he speeding through the shot? Uh, are you, are you, taking part of that line and putting it here and then putting the rest of it on the next shot? Are you retiming that? Are you ramping that? There's, uh, you know, are you now saying, okay, well, this shot is a medium wide, but it should be a close up now. So we're going to punch in on this so that, you know, it, it cuts better. Are you reframing the shot so that it cuts uh, a little nicer on uh, to the next shot? Uh, in animation, we come in right at the beginning. So you don't, for live action, you don't come in at the beginning, like pre-storyboards, you come in at the end to edit the footage? I think traditionally speaking in live act, I mean, I've, I mean, even just as recently as Space Jam, like I worked on a show where, where the edit team, live action and animation were on at the very beginning. But traditionally speaking, uh, live action editors usually work once, you know, the principle is done and, you know, the footage is in the can and you send that to their editors to work with. Traditional speaking in animation editing is that edit teams are basically like the second, if not one of the first teams that are brought onto the thing. Because oh, wow. in animation editing, you are right there with the producer, with the director from day one, like essentially finding the movie, right? Like the thing that Ernesto is talking about there is it's kind of like a, a double-edged sword where like, yeah, like you, you're not necessarily locked to particular shots, right? You know, take two, take three, take whatever kind of thing. Uh, and you're given more freedom as far as like you can do these things, but with that freedom also comes sort of the the uh, the, the bearing weight of like having to find the right choice, right? So it's it's definitely a blessing and a curse. So how much um, of the source material do you need to know to really understand how to edit? Like you're talking about like a walk cycle, but like how fast does the character typically walk? Like you you know you're like. For Arcane, you're, you're creating something based off a of video game. So all their actions and things are already kind of established. So do you have to study the source material to be like, okay, this is how long this character has to get from A to B. Maybe they're a big lumbering character or like, I don't know, maybe they are like, I don't know, I'm just asking. Yeah, there's a, there's a definitely a little bit of that. Being familiar with the source material on Arcane uh, was definitely helpful when it came to understanding the characters that we were editing. Um, and, and just like in any scenario, right, we're always collaborating with other people on the show, the director's producer. So it's never, it's never necessarily a, a silo situation where you're having to figure it out on your own. Um, but as editors, you want to be able to contribute to the timing of you know, each episode and the timing of each moment. And so I think 
like all things, whether it's on Arcane or anything else, you want to know what exists out there so that you're either complementing it or somehow in an interesting way uh, uh, countering it. Right. Uh, you know, and while you say like, you know, the, 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 uh, when there is source material like Arcane, uh, although there is source material, you know, it is a video game, right? And so um, being able to, you don't really have the luxury of saying, well, this person kind of walks like this and this and that, that's, that's not really, uh, that's not really something that we have, you know, it's, it's, uh, when it comes to knowing the source material, it really informs choices when it comes to music, uh, temp music and sound effects and pacing of the edit, right? Um, it's, it's more about making sure that it fits within the world that we're in, in the world that we're working in and the material that we're working in. Like, you know, with Arcane, at no point would we add, you know, a musical sting that's like, dun, 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 you know, or too cartoony, too, too Looney Tunesy, yeah, kind of thing. Because, yeah. because it, it, it would be completely out of, out of the box and it wouldn't work, right? And, so, and can I kind of add to it? It all macro wise, it all boils down to like story, right? Like as, as editors, we are highly responsible for maintaining the story that's been written by our writers or in our directors and making sure that the story gets across. We're talking about the different elements, right? Sound effects, timing, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what they culminate into is that editors or in the editor room is where you find the story of each piece. And that's what we're there to do, basically. And just, just to add a little bit to that as well, um, you know, there are, there are technical editors, right? There are, uh, there are uh, creative editors as creative editors, uh, uh, making sure that the story and the, the integrity of the page is still uh, is, is held throughout. It's also important for us to call out when something isn't working, um, but and not just call it out and be like, well, this isn't working, have fun fixing that. It's, it's like, hey, this isn't working because of this. What if we did this, this, and this? Come, you know, uh, approaching uh, challenges with, so, with solves as opposed to just pointing them out and being like, well, go fix that. You know, it's 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 a big part of our job as creative editors is syncing up uh, creatively, uh, tonally with the directors, the showrunners, uh, the creatives uh, on the team, and being able to speak and 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 approach challenges in a language that they understand in a way that they can say, okay, yeah, that does work. You know. That makes sense. And that's probably good. Also, you know, what keeps you getting hired in the industry is if you're a team player like that. I'm wondering, you know, you've mentioned a lot of practical things like technical things you need to know, programs, et cetera. But like, um, what are what are some of the reasons that you excel and keep getting asked to work on projects? Like what what are those skills that you've developed that, uh, you know, keep you in the game? Well, I think uh, I think kind of piggybacking off of that last bit, you know, it's 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 a lot of that. It's being able to uh, come with uh, come into a project with obviously an open mind to the project uh, and uh, add to it creatively, uh, uh, approach challenges creatively, being able to help solve uh, uh, issues and um, uh, help move the story along, right? Uh, and help move the project along. Uh, we're very technically savvy, but we're also we also know story very like very well. And uh, understanding pacing, timing, 
uh, uh, motivations, uh, uh, theme, right? Uh, making sure that the themes of the the, the project are still uh, are still valid. That scenes serve that sequences and scenes serve theme, and if they don't, they got to go. You yeah. know, or they have to be they have to be adjusted. And I think Lawrence and I have a really good eye for that. And uh, and and being able to like what I call it, like mind meld with a director, and uh, uh, and and it really really helps. You know, nice. Um, are there things that you wish other parts in the pipeline wish you they? Am I wording this? Are there other parts of the pipeline that you wish knew more about your work to make your work easier, or like I don't know? Are there things that you just want to dispel from other areas? Like I don't know the from the producers to the storyboarders to the animators to the sound effects. Like are there things that you wish they? Because you know, there's probably a lot of people listening to this right now. <laughs> Oh man, all the all the points of questions. Maybe maybe I mean, like your top thing. <laughs> I mean, like, but so the truth of it is that like the the edit room is like the nexus for a show, right? So we we actually have a really uh, our particular craft. We have kind of a unique position in that we get to see how everything comes together. And oftentimes, I think because Ernesto and I have been in this for so long, we forget that not every, uh, in fact, most other departments on a show don't have the same amount of visibility that we do across the board because, you know, an artist might draw his scene or uh, a voice actor might do their performance, but they never actually get to see it actually put together. That's what we're here for. And that's what we do. Um, so, I mean, across the board, like I think oftentimes editorial for a lot of people is a bit of like a, a mystery to them because they just kind of know like, hey, like get the producer, director and editor go into this room and they come out and the movie's finished. Like that's cool kind of thing, yeah. um, which we don't fault them for, but because that that literally is our job, right? We are the ones who sort of like connect everybody. Uh, and so as long as we get to kind of understand what everyone is doing. I would obviously always welcome people who want to learn more about what we do, but it's more important that we know what everyone else is doing so that we can put them together in the correct way. Right. I, um, I, I got to say, this is one of my favorite things that Lawrence has come up with in uh, when it comes to like our uh, just uh, ex uh, talking about editing. And I, I got, I got to bring it up because I think it's, 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 <laughs> it's fantastic. And it is one of the things that actually uh, I think uh, uh, we encounter the most. There is a fundamental misunderstanding uh, about editing just in general. And what, uh, what the difference is between someone that can edit and, at a, and an editor at a high level, right? Mm. Just because somebody may know the software doesn't necessarily mean, that doesn't necessarily uh, translate to uh, a high level creative editing, right? Uh, Lawrence, when Lawrence and I were, we were trying to describe what the difference was, one day Lawrence walks in and he goes, let me show you something. And he, and he, and he pulls up, he pulls up his phone and he, he brings up this YouTube video and it's a, a time-lapse, uh, uh, a time-lapse painting. Somebody's painting a, a photorealistic Morgan Freeman. And I was like, okay. Yeah, if you he, search it on YouTube, you'll find it. It's, yeah, it's it just, yeah. Just type on YouTube, photorealistic painting of Morgan Freeman. It's really great. If you scroll about halfway, right. And pause it. It looks amazing. You're like, holy man, that's insane. That's so good, right? Um, and they're, I think they're doing it on their iPad. I don't know. It's ridiculous. But he goes, now watch this. And then he he literally takes the mouse, uh, the, the the scroll bar from the middle, and he jumps to the end when the painting is finally finished. And it's not until then that you see the difference between 
a good painting of Morgan Freeman and a photorealistic painting of Morgan Freeman. Yeah. With all of the nuances, all the detail, the highlights, the the shine, the shimmer in here, and all of the texture details that if anybody had stopped in the middle and I was like, look at that, they'd be like, oh my God, that's incredible. But when you jump forward and you see all of those little details that went into actually making that great product, that's when you can tell the difference. And that's really the, at least for me, that's been like the most creative way of explaining the difference between someone that can edit and a great editor that's a creative person that really goes into the, the, the fine details of editing, right? Because a frame in animation or even in live action, while it may not seem like a lot, a frame, a sound, this can make a world of difference. I love that analogy. That's very, that's very clear. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, maybe as we're wrapping up, is there any, is there any cool stories that you wanted to share from working on Arcane as your latest project and working together and whatever? I, I mean, I, the thing I'll say about Arcane is, um, it's obviously it's very close to Ernesto and I as a project. Um, it's, it's very different because I think, uh, we've come up, uh, you know, working in a lot of, uh, animation and animation often gets uh, relegated to sort of these two categories, either like, you know, family friendly, you know, four quadrant kind of, you know, big budget things, or your sort of uh, cartoon swim late night sitcom kind of, you know, family guy-esque stuff. Um, and while we're both big fans of that, Arcane kind of is doing this thing that you don't really see a lot, uh, you know, in, in, I guess, American animation, which is uh, it's tackling some really uh, tough human uh, stories. Um, so it's, it's definitely not family friendly. Like I wouldn't recommend bringing like, you know, your, your five-year-old to watch Arcane, but it's filled with like real questions about like, you know, not, I mean, obviously it's a fantasy world, but like real questions that like you would pose or find in, you know, your, your live action television show or, you know, kind of thing. And in fact, that was one of the really cool things, uh, about working on Arcane is when, and Ernesto can attest to this too. Um, when we first joined the show, we were told to cut the show like a live action show. So it's it's a rarity and it's part of the reason why it's really special to us because um, you know we don't get to do that very often on an, on an animated uh, series. Yeah, it was it was uh, uh, Christian Link, uh, the showrunner uh, and uh, one of the co-creators of the show. That was a, a big a big part of it, right? It was uh, he's a huge nerd just like us, right? But he he came with this idea that there is no reason why animation can't uh, can't feel like you're watching live action a live action story that just so happens to be in, in the animation medium. Um, mm. A lot of a lot of times we find that animated TV series in particular uh, things are kind of uh, because of time restraints and budget restraints and and things like that everything is really kind of slammed up together and characters don't really get the time to breathe and to emote the way that you would in live action and and to really get those that that feeling right and with arcane you kind of get the the best of both worlds because the things that you can do a lot of times in animation that may not play great in live action uh with arcane we're still able to do that uh, we're still able to do these like crazy fast cutting, uh, you know, patterns and these really insane action sequences and, and really beautiful um, effects and, and, and all these things. But then also 
the moments that you need to breathe and you need to sit with a character and really feel their emotion. Uh, and and it, it really helps those moments and those episodes uh, feel earned, right? You, you, you go on this journey with them. You don't just feel like you're being stuffed a bunch of story down your throat really quickly uh, for the sake of, oh, we need to get all this across. While, you know, a lot of, a lot of shows go, you know, 22 episodes, 12 episodes, uh, Arcane is nine episodes, season one, and it's uh, beautifully paced and everything feels really earned. And uh, all the choices that we were kind of mandated with originally, which was from sound effects to music, uh, timings, uh, it was Christian's uh, idea of, no, this needs to feel organic it needs to feel real these moments like right? grounded grounded in real life grounded you're making me excited life. to see this just listening to the passion in your voice i think that's i think that's incredible because you're right you're like animation doesn't cross over into like the live action territory very often look we're, t we're telling you we've lawrence and i collectively have worked on you know a, a bunch of stuff you know and uh i've uh, we, we've both have been in uh, scratch records and audio records and, you know, uh, and, and all these uh, like voice recordings with actors, really famous super actors and like all this crazy stuff. And, you know, a lot of those have been really great. But I got we, I got to tell you, episode three of Arcane, season one, we have never been in a record where everyone in the room cried and teared up. I, wow. I still get chills right now. Like like right as, now, I said it. Yeah. As I as I realized what Ernesto was saying, I like I got chills just thinking about that record. It's yeah. Oh it's, wow. And yeah. every every single time we even think about it and talk, and it was from uh, it was a child actor. And the, the you know the voice records were uh, uh, our our casting director and and voice director David Lyerly, amazing amazing guy. Like we loved working with David. He makes it so that everyone just feels so safe and comfortable in these records and he's he's a master at this stuff right mm. and 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 he makes even like even child actors just feel so comfortable to the point where they can let go and really hit those beats and i gotta tell you that the end of the end of chapter one of of arcane which comes out on saturday november 6th right is that episode i mean all the episodes are amazing that moment and you'll know when when you see it it's it's unbelievable all right well i i can't wait you're making me really anticipate this <laughs> oh no don't cry um i'm just wondering you know we've we've chatted about you know how you got into these careers your best tips for making it uh as a fine editor and some of the projects you worked on in arcane recently uh what's next for you guys uh, I mean, so Ernesto, like, you know, being open to to all creative kind of stuff, Ernesto and I are also uh, developing a couple of things of our own right now. Uh, oh, we you're, have... working, you're working together or separately? Oh, working yeah. together. Yeah. Amazing. Nice. Uh, yeah. It's one of the many, the, the gifts of Arcane keep on giving. We, we can't, right. we can't be separate from each other now at this point. <laughs> so you met, you met at Arcane. We, we did. did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, a, yeah. that's phenomenal. I love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're developing a couple of ideas uh, of our own right now. Uh, three animated, one, a live action sci-fi idea. Um, and so, you know, hoping to, to find a, a home and for a, those. And a kid's book. 
and a kid's book. That's right. Yes. So wow, that's to find a lot all at once. What the heck? Lots of irons in the fire, man. He's starting a studio that's just coming out with like everything. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's kind of one of the things, right? It's you're, you always have to be creating, right? You yeah. know, this this journey for us on Arcane started, uh, Lawrence, uh, when was that? So many years ago. Like, yeah. Uh, 2017 or 2018? That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and it's 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 taken until now for us to even be able to say the name arcane to anybody outside of of, of our circle right and uh and the circle within arcane because even for us we can't even really talk to our own people about it right because loose yeah. lips sink airships right so um we it's been it's been crazy so you're always you always have to be working on something because things come out especially in animation, it takes so long for things to be finished. And uh, it, it's just, you, you got to keep the creative juices flowing. You can't just stay still. You got to keep moving. Okay. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share as we're wrapping up that we didn't talk about or you think is important to share? Just final thoughts? Um, I mean, I, we're really excited about everything that, uh, you know, we're definitely really super excited about Arcane coming out and, and everybody seeing this show that in our minds as nerds and geeks, right, especially geeks, um, we feel that Arcane has done something that uh, a lot of video game uh, adaptations have not been able to, which is it broke that cheesy ceiling. It mm. broke, it broke that, what is this? Okay, I guess, yay. You know, um, it is something that even if you don't know what League of Legends is, you can watch Arcane and be like, oh my God, that's amazing. And uh, I think that even though that may not have been the initial, uh, initial quest uh, for, uh, for the team, it was definitely a, uh, a, a side achievement that was accomplished. <laughs> nice, nice. Is there anything you wanted to add? Uh, I mean, I think uh, the only thing I will add is like, obviously we want to just give a quick shout out to, you know, the, the team over at Arcane. Uh, thank you to Christian Link, Alex C for, for bringing us on the project. Um, obviously a big shout out to our partners uh, over in Paris and Fortiche uh, with I'm killing it with the, the look of the show. It looks absolutely freaking amazing. Um, and then, uh, you know, like to you as well, Terry, thank you for taking the time to, to sit and, and talk with us. I'm really excited to, to sort of discuss all these things and open all these cans of worms about uh, <laughs> the editing craft. So yeah, well, you're, you're doing great things at great speeds, Terry. Oh, thank you so much. Well, you've enlightened me about this process too. So I'm really thankful that you guys came on and shared this journey. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. And if you're listening and you want to get in touch with or reach out to Ernesto or Lawrence, I'll include some links in the description of the chat as well as check out Arcane. I'll include some links to that too. And thank you so much for listening. That's all for now. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Will Farmer and the graphics by Daniel Abensauer. I encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work.